Christmas choir workers. Appreciate that. Um, but do want to welcome you to Northside Baptist Church this, uh, this, this morning. I'm uh, so glad that you've chosen to worship with us today. Um, we especially want to greet our first-time guest, or, or maybe you're a second or third-time guest, and just have it filled out the, the information and let us know who you are. We'd love to know who you are. Uh, there's a portion of your bulletin you can fill out and tear out and place in the offering plate or give to a minister at the end of the, end of the service. Uh, we, we just would love to know who you are and how we can minister to you and how we can pray for you. But uh, so glad to see some of our home folks here as well. If you will, at this time, I want to ask you to stand up, get a little exercise, get the blood flowing, find somebody, shake their hand, let them know that you're excited to be in the house of God today. If you will find your way back to your designated standing location and sing along with us.
us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time you've given us to come here to your house and worship you. Lord, I thank you for Mother's Day. I thank you for our moms, for all they do for us. And Lord, I pray for all these tithes and offerings to further your kingdom as we go throughout our day and we will shine your light into the world. In your name, amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have a seat.
excited. How are y'all doing this morning? You don't sound like it. You should be really happy this morning, right? Everybody here has the greatest mom in the world. I know I do. She's here today. She's right there. Right next to me. And my brother, too. Who has the best mom in the world? Raise your hand. That should be everybody. All right. So, all right, put your hands down. This little piece of paper here. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your prayers 
I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord. holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Let us be Song 
every every um, scripture that will be read, every word of this sermon will be preached. It will be for your honor and for your glory. Father, we pray today that you'll uh, stir the hearts of those that know you not. For those of us who know you, we pray, Father, that uh, you'll draw us closer to you. And Lord, uh, thank you for mothers today. Thank you for their influence in our lives. Uh, thank you for the way that they show endless love. And Lord, thank you that that love comes from a heart that knows you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let me add my word of welcome to you. And let me also say Happy Mother's Day to each of you. And uh, anybody here opposed to humor? Anybody? Okay, well, uh, put in your earplugs, put in your earplugs, because the scripture says, a merry heart does good, okay? I found this and shared it with BJ. I don't know if he was overly impressed this week, and I don't know whether you will be or not, but I liked it, and so I'm going to share it with you today. And uh, nobody can write a letter like a mother. The mother was a country lady, not very well educated, but she loved her son. This was her letter. Dear son, just a few lines to let you know I'm still alive. I'm writing this letter slowly because I know that you cannot read very fast. You won't know the house when you come home. We moved. About your father, he has a lovely job. He has 500 men under him. He's cutting the grass at the cemetery. I discovered what I thought was a washing machine in our new house when we moved in, but it doesn't work too good. Last week I stuffed 14 shirts into it, pushed a lever down, and I haven't seen them since. Your sister Mary had a baby this morning. I haven't found out whether it's a boy or a girl, so I don't know whether you're an aunt or an uncle. Your Uncle Dick drowned last week in a vat of whiskey at the local brewery. Some of his workmates dived in to save him, but he fought them bravely off. We cremated his body, and it took three days to put out the fire. It rained only twice last week, first for three days, and then for four days. Monday, it was windy. That one, uh, it was so windy that one of the chickens laid the same egg four times. We had a letter yesterday from the undertaker. He said, if the last installment isn't paid on your grandmother within seven days, up she comes. Your loving mother. I don't know what your memory is of your mother. Certainly we, we appreciate all of their love and their care, but also appreciate those lighthearted moments when we have with our mother, when it seems like that we can just be ourselves. Sometimes it is in humor. Someone said that children are sweet, dads are super, 
but moms are special. It says the father may be the head of the home, the children may be the hub of the home, but without question, mother is the heart of the home. And that's the message for today. Mom, the heart of the home. Proverbs chapter 31, if you'd stand in the honor of the reading of God's word, if you're physically able, beginning in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. And a portion of her maidservants she considers a field and buys it from her profits. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow or her household, for all the household is clothed with scarlet. She makes a tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine, linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor for her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you now once again to make this scripture that we've read come alive. What Solomon was saying then, what he's saying today, and what he says to us personally. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The book of Proverbs, which uh, this is the most exhaustive exposition that you're going to find on mothers found in the entire Bible. Each verse, it says, begins with succeeding letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it goes from the end of the Hebrew alphabet to the other. In other words, what Solomon is saying, he's saying, here is from A to Z why mothers are the heart of every home. Note with me, first of all, the value he expresses right here, the value of a mother's worth. The section begins with, who can find a virtuous wife? Well, whoever does, he hits the jackpot. Because Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. 
Now stop for just a minute with me and analyze what this first verse says right here. Who can buy a virtuous wife? Is that what it says? For a virtuous wife is not for sale. Who, who can find a virtuous wife, it says. That's the meaning of what we're looking at right here. You have to search to find. You take your time and, and follow the Lord's leadership here. And it literally means strength. It refers to her character. It refers to her integrity. It refers to her purity. So who can find the woman today that will do what is right rather than what is convenient? We live in a day of convenience. And it's odd many times to find people who adhere to the fact that we do what is right in the sight of God. This woman today puts her family ahead of her career. And she puts her responsibilities ahead of her rights. And so is this kind of woman who shall have the baby, and this is also the kind of woman that will keep her vows till death do us part is what we say when we perform that marriage ceremony before God. This kind of woman sees fidelity as a virtue and infidelity as a vice. And you have to look hard and search diligently to find this kind of woman. And if you've found that kind of woman, then you've hit the jackpot because God has blessed you. It's not hard, you see, to find a female that will share a bed with you. You don't have to put a lot of effort into that. But she may even move in with you. She may cohabitate with you. And she may even take your last name. But to find a godly, moral, pure, devoted wife who will also be loving, who will also be committed as a mother, it's difficult. Now, I want to take just a moment and speak to our single men. Any? Got any takers? There we go. There you go. Hey, there you go. Young guy right here. All right, single men. Jotted down these thoughts for you. The two most important decisions you'll ever make is the Lord that you'll serve, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the lady that you will marry. All other decisions are secondary to those two things. Now, the first decision will determine whether or not you experience heaven or hell in eternity, and then... Uh, the second one is whether you'll spend heaven or hell here on earth. <laughs> Amen? I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. If you make the right decision concerning the Lord you serve, and if you make the right decision about the woman you marry, it's going to be glorious and it's going to be heaven. Now, more than looks, more than money, more than personality, you better look, Solomon says, for character. 
You look for character. You look for virtue, purity, fidelity, and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ for the work of a virtuous woman. It says in verse 10, the latter part of verse 10, is far above rubies. Far above anything that you could value. Finding a virtuous wife and a good mother is like finding a rare jewel. And so we, we husbands ought to put down on a piece of paper sometimes what it would cost us if we had to pay our wives and our mothers for what they do. Amen, ladies? All right, amen. Well, I heard the men, ladies, that was a good place for you to say amen. And, and so let's try it again. Huh? Amen. There you go. Our wonderful wives and mothers do what they do for free. For free. I think we'd all find that a wife deserves a weekly paycheck of appreciation, a daily paycheck of adoration, and an hourly paycheck of acclamation, and a minute-by-minute -minute paycheck of admiration, and a moment-by-moment -moment paycheck of affirmation. We need to continually affirm, adore, a claim before God that we're thankful for our wives and for the mother of our children and our mothers. One day a man spotted a lamp by the roadside. He picked it up, rubbed it vigorously, and a genie appeared. The genie said, I'm going to grant you your fondest wish. The man thought for a moment and then said, I want a spectacular job, a job that no man has ever succeeded at or, or has ever attempted to do. The genie said, poof, you're a mother. <laughs> we got a lot of Mr. Moms today in today's society, but I don't think they're as good as the moms that I know and have grown up with, amen? And you see, notice that he moves in for the value. He begins to build what he's trying to tell us right here. He says the value that they had is because of the virtues that they possess. And this is where we're going to spend the majority of our time. The virtues of a mother's work. And uh, one by one, he begins to lay these out for us. So move with me quickly as we go through this. First is dependability. Because he says the heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain in verse 11. This is a woman who can be trusted. And right here he is speaking particularly in the area of financial matters. A good woman will not cause her husband to be singing the blues about money. And you see she will be prudent in her managing uh, the financial affairs of the home, she will exercise wisdom and how she handles the checkbook. And one of the major causes of marital discord is finances. It is money. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's the wife who is the major cause. I have found through marital counseling all of these years. Uh, and uh, because of the way that she handles or doesn't handle the money, uh, but there, theirs was a perfect marriage except for the feminine flaw. It was, uh, he was fast on the deposit, but she was quicker on the draw. 
And I teasingly say to my wife sometimes, this is, this is your cue, baby. My wife thinks as long as there's checks in the checkbook, we got money, right? But she's from Alabama. Um, it is Mother's Day. I'll be kind later, okay? She can take it. She can take it. But this is one area that uh, we, we've had little problems with through the years because she turns it over to me. <laughs> she says, you're studying to be an accountant. You have no luck. And so then every once in a while, I, I'll say, hey, uh, hey, baby, your account's getting a little low. She says, well, move some more over there in it. <laughs> so that's, that's the way it works in my household. I don't know how it works in yours. When, when a godly wife and mother will not be a hindrance in finances of the family, uh, I tell you, it's something to praise the Lord for. Amen. And then notice number two, devotion. Uh, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Verse 12, it says, a good wife and a mother is, is a perpetual blessing uh, to, to her family. She's a fountain uh, of blessing. And uh, they never, that never runs by. She does her husband good, always and always. And remember that wedding vow, for better or worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness or in health, she stands by her man. Amen? Number three, delight. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hand, verse 13. Willingly literally means delightfully. Delightfully. The godly wife and mother carries out her domestic duties, but she does so with joy. She does not care for the family because she has to, but because she wants to. It's not out of compulsion, but rather it is out of compassion. Uh, it's a labor of love. She does what she does because she loves her family and because, number one, she loves her Lord. And what we do, we do as unto the Lord. Amen? And then notice, fourth, decisiveness. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar, verse 14. Like ships, Solomon says, that, that travel across the entire oceans looking for the finest merchandise. A godly mother is going to go an extra mile to get the best for her family. Now, my wife's a good shopper. I'm going to go back over here and make up with my baby. Um, she is a good shopper. Uh, if you go in there and I can't find her, I always find her at the clearance rack. But uh, sometimes her reasoning's a little weird to me. She could have got one over here for the same amount. She got four over here. We still spent a lot of money. But anyway, uh, and so she says that's a good thing. But that's kind of trickled down into my daughters and my daughter-in-law. And uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but my daughters, one of them has six teenagers. Five of those teenagers are girls. Now, girls don't wear the same outfit over and over, do they? So you know what my daughters have discovered? Goodwill. And we're not too proud. Amen? Now, where we live on the north side, they're called thrift stores. Still Goodwill. Okay. And uh, so it's just been amazing to me 
to watch how that's gone into the mind and the heart of my daughters and my daughter-in-law and how they always look wonderful and how they're all dressed just to the T. Even one of her daughters, and I don't get chasing too many rabbits, but she takes those things she wears one time, she cuts holes in them, sews patches on them, and you can go online, she has a business. And she resells those clothes that she cut holes in and put patches on. I think that's pretty thrifty, don't you? Uh, I'll give you a website if you're interested. She's, uh, uh, she's about to turn 16, and uh, this is how she's learned from her grandmother and her mother. But then uh, notice uh, next, uh, discipline. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants, verse 15. So it's indication here that this woman is an early riser. Now, I'm not implying that you have to rise early to be a good wife or a good mother. I don't think that's what Solomon necessarily is saying right here. But in fact, particularly when your children are younger, can I get a witness? You have no choice but to rise earlier. Uh, and sometimes you, you never lay down. You're always up. And so mothers, you, you, you get up. And true, it all, also could mean this. But if you'll rise up early and spend some time with your Lord, then the way you love your family will be a whole lot different. And the strength that you gain to carry out your duties that, that day will be a whole lot stronger because you have spent time with the Lord first thing and early in the morning. I heard about a man who was not well. He went to see his doctor. The doctor was trying to make a proper diagnosis of his condition, and he said, have you been sleeping well? The man said, yes, I sleep just fine. He said, well, do you ever wake up grouchy? He said, oh, no, I just let her sleep. So it's okay, I think, if you get up early to be a little grouchy every once in a while, okay? Now, as we look, now what does the woman, why does she rise up early? Well, the Amplified Bible says she rises up while it is yet night and gets spiritual food for her household. And she assigns her maids their tasks. In other words, she rises up early, first of all, so she can have that quiet time. Then she's, she's ready to help her family and get ready for the day with that strength that I mentioned. And there's nothing like a child knowing that his mother reads the Bible and prays and on the behalf of them and the family. Notice diligence, verse 16. She considers a field and she buys it from her prophets and she, she plants a vineyard. Uh, now, again, the Amplified Bible says she considers a new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not according uh, uh, neglect of her present duties by assuming others with her savings of the time and strength. She plants fruitful vineyards in her, or fruitful vines in her vineyard. In other words, it's necessary for this woman not to be afraid to work, make extra dollars if the family's in need of it. Amen? Now, there, there's nothing wrong with this. As a matter of fact, some women are better breadwinners than men are. 
They're better at what they do. They, they, they're more proficient in what they do. But I want to caution you right here. Call me old school if you want. But I think that when the children are young, if at all possible, they need mama at home. My wife stayed home until the kids were up and starting to college. And then it was necessary to go to work, at least where I was pastor. I didn't make that kind of money, okay? And so this is when she actually entered the career field then. Now, I'm not condemning those that do or it's necessary for you to do, but I think if at all possible, the babies need you. The kids need you. Now, my daughter-in-law's got a very neat little situation. She works in the preschool where she sends my grandson. And so she's making money and they're with him too. So that works out real well for her. But then uh, here are some questions to ask if you feel the need to go out and work. Will it enhance me as a wife and a mother? Two, will it encourage my husband? And uh, in other words, will it complete him, not be competition to him? Notice next, determination. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. At first, it sounds like she, she's a bodybuilder or something right? when, uh, when you first read this. But what it really means is she's not afraid of hard work. She's willing to shoulder burdens. She's willing to do whatever it takes to make the, 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 the home home in harmony. And then notice next, discernment. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night, verse 18. Now, the NIV translation says she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In other words, it's a study of economics right here. She knows how to stretch the dollar and uh, she looks for, for the best buy, which I've already mentioned. She looks for the bargain. She looks for the biggest bang for the buck. And uh, so, but she also tries to teach her family not to be mired in, in, in the muck of materialism. It's so easy to get into the materialism nowadays. Amen? And uh, then notice diversity would be next. It says she stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle, verse 19. Spindle. And, and uh, distaff were used, of course, for sewing, uh, to make clothing for the family. This is a woman who has a, a practical knowledge of how to do things to keep the household going. I can remember very, very well. And growing up in my household, the, uh, literally my mama darning the socks. And I can remember very well her taking and patching the knees and the seat sometimes and uh, all to, in order to just get, get through the year to get through the school year there's an old saying a man's work is, is from sun to sun but a woman's work is never done I believe that uh, with all my heart someone has observed the quickest way for a mother to get her children's attention is to sit down and look comfortable They finally go, oh, and realize what's been going on around then. The fact is a mother works hard and has to work hard to be a good mother. 
Every little boy and his daddy were looking at a wedding album. The little boy saw his mother standing there in a wedding dress, and he said, Daddy, is that, is that when Mama came to work for us? Thank God for working mothers. Notice next, dutifulness, verse 20. She extends her hands to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She, she gets out of the four walls of her home. Amazingly so, all that there is to do in the home. But she gets out of those four walls and she begins to minister to others. Begins to minister to others, not only does she minister to her family, but she ministers through her family. She helps that family uh, develop what, is, what I would call a soft heart, a pliable heart. She helps her family to focus on those around them that are less fortunate. And you, you don't have to look far to realize that you're blessed and there's someone around you that needs to be blessed, that needs that love to be shared. And so a mother teaches that, to focus on others and uh, be a blessing to them. Next, dedication. Uh, she's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is closed with scarlet. Scarlet generally was made of wool, indicating right here that they would take that wool and make clothing so that the family would not be cold. And so provided for their needs when it was cold weather, that they had the clothes that were to wear there and uh, had prepared for every emergency that would come along. Decorum would be next. She makes the tapestry for herself her clothing is fine linen and purple, verse 22. This woman wants to look her very best. Purple and fine linen. We're dressing up, looking dressy, looking sharp. To, and, and I believe there's a principle here that every woman ought to beautify herself every day in every way. Ought not have to come home to the wife with her hair rolled up in orange juice cans and in her bathrobe. She ought to have at least taken her hair down out of the orange juice cans and put on some clothes, amen? There's some denominations and religious groups who think it's a sin for women to wear makeup. I think it's a sin for some of them not to. <laughs> just, just saying. Brain, am I going to be in trouble? A little woman ought to look her best for a husband, but hey guys, we ought to look our best for our woman. I believe it was uh, Phyllis Diller that got in such a shape. She went and spent seven hours in a beauty parlor just for an estimate. So don't get that far. Don't get that, that far off. Notice deference would be next. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Verse 23. The gates of the city were the place of, with commerce. It was the happening place. And so uh, the place of business. And here's a woman whose husband was successful because his wife made him successful. 
Behind every successful man is a woman. I truly, truly believe that. Uh, Men remember that verse 23 would not be true of the husband if it wasn't for those verses I just went through, verses 10 through 22. And then notice, next drive. Uh, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. This is a woman who hates idleness. She, she wants to be productive. She, she doesn't spend her whole day you know, watching as the stomach pumps or all my children are bums or the edge of garbage or whatever, those, those daily programs that are out there. She believes that idle hands are the devil's workshop, the devil's workshop. She wants to be engaged in activities that bring glory to God and enhances her family. Then notice dignity, strength and honor her, her clothing. In the first part of verse 25, the word honor literally means dignity. It, this is a polished lady, a woman of integrity. She dresses like a lady. She looks like a lady. She acts like a lady. She talks like a lady. She sounds like a lady. And then verse 25 goes on to say, she shall rejoice in the time to come, the latter part of verse 25. Because of her faith, she can face the future. And because of her faithfulness, she does not have to fear the future there. The fact of the matter is, uh, God's hand is on the godly woman with might and with power. Demeanor, almost finished right here. Demeanor, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Verse 26. Nobody sets the atmosphere in the home like the mother does. She does not yell. She does not scream. She does not raise her voice, at least not too often. Uh, right? At least not too often. It's not a habitual thing with her. Uh, you have to uh, take note and compliment, admire that wife, because she's under a lot of stress and pressure many times. Uh, notice discretion would be next. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness, verse 27. She keeps the household running smoothly. Now, in order to do that, she runs a tight ship. She runs a tight ship. She never falls asleep at her post. The husband can safely trust at every facet of the home, even when he's out of town. If you've got a traveling job and you know that wife's back there and things are just going well in the household, and uh, then notice one last thought I want to leave you with this morning is this, the victory. After all the emphasis upon her value, and after all the emphasis right here on these virtues, the victory of a mother's walk, it says, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Verses 28 and 29. Husbands, if you get a tablespoon of common sense, you'll praise your wife today. You'll thank God for her today. And children, 
If you've got an ounce of gratefulness in you, you will thank your mother for all that she does for you constantly. And then it says that she will be referred to as blessed. She will be blessed. Everybody loves to be praised. Do I tell you the truth? Everybody likes to be affirmed. And you see, but the sweetest praise comes from those who know you best. So ladies, the best praise you'll ever receive comes from the inside of your house. You please the Lord and you please the husband of whom he's given you. And you please the children that are gifts to you. And doesn't it just stir your heart and kind of give you a little fire in your belly when he tells you that you're valuable? When he acknowledges your virtues? Doesn't it just stir your heart a little more when your children don't just take you for granted and they're expressing their thanks? No legacy of a woman lasts longer than the legacy of being a godly wife and a godly mother. Verses 30 and 31, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Charm, deceitful, because a woman, what she is in public, she's also to be in private. Beauty is vain because it passes and it fades away. But the beauty of godliness and graciousness, it says here, never, ever fades away. Bow with me in a time of prayer. Lord, every woman, every man, Every boy or girl that's in this room can be beautiful in the Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to say to every wife and every mother here, whatever else is true about them, if they do not fear you, Lord, if they do not know you, Lord, if they do not love you, Lord, they can never be the wife and the mother that God's called them to be. But Lord, I want to remind them today that if all these things are true, there's not a more powerful force on the planet Earth than the life of a godly wife and a godly mother. Sold out to Jesus, committed to her husband, devoted to her children, and dedicated to her home. Lord, I ask you to speak to our hearts individually. If we do not know Christ as our Savior, today would be the day that we would surrender ourselves to him and allow him to come into our hearts, forgive us of our sin, fill us full of his love and his power and his strength. I pray today, Lord, that if you're stirring in many hearts here today to make a new commitment to marriage, to family, that we'll find perhaps families at this altar kneeling and praying together today. I pray today, Lord, if you're leading someone to unite with this church, you'll tug at their hearts and they'll put feet in obedience to what you're telling them to do. And Lord, if there's a, a child here that needs to go to mom or dad here and just love on them and let them know that they appreciate them, 
May they have the freedom to do that. Lord, may you be glorified in everything we do now through this invitation. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, and as we sing, I invite you to come, say yes to Christ, come to Jesus. Mamas, if you have a new commitment to make to the Lord, you come. Daddies, you have a new commitment. Children, you come. Let's sing. God speak to our hearts and if God's speaking to you and you know he's speaking to you and he desires that you make a new commitment he desires that you be obedient in the area of your life I want to encourage you I want to encourage you not to miss this moment I see some husbands loving on their wives I see some children loving on their mamas that's what it's all about don't miss these moments these days these opportunities that you have my mom's still alive. She's 90, but she doesn't recognize me. I still continue to tell her I love her, but I don't know how much she realizes that. Some of you, your mom's gone on. Right now, the Lord wants to stick with you closer than anybody else. He wants to wrap his arms around you in the loss of your mother. Maybe you've lost a mate. I know this is a tough day for you. And again, the Lord loves you. He's wrapping his arms around you. Feel his embrace. Cherish this moment. And let's just love on God while he loves on us for just a few moments. Sing another verse. No one close, comes, we'll close the invitation. Let's
fill in for David as well. Happy Mother's Day to those that are here today and those that are watching from home. Um, in July of this year, we'll have been here eight years, and what we're about to do, I'm not sure we've done it before. And what it is, is to recognize mothers of three different categories. So, bear with me. Um, the first one that one of our deacons came up with, David, is the long-distance mother. That make any sense? Long distance mother. Who could who? What mother? It came the farthest. Can anyone proclaim that mother? Mother may I? Miss Adam. Praise the Lord. I have something for you. The next one is, it's written, most experienced mother. That may be a PC term. I think it is. Who can proclaim being the most experienced mother? Don't be bashful. I wasn't going to go there with the oldest, but I, I think that's what we mean by that. Anyone? Ferris Bueller, are you here? Bueller, Bueller. There you go. If you are 70 years old or older as a mother, speak it. Please stand up. One, two. Pastor Darrell, okay. Okay, here's the question. <laughs> oh, is that what I should do? Thank you, Alexa. If you are... Yes, he did. That's why I was smiling when he said it. If you are 80 or older... Oh, boy. Sat out. Okay. 85 or older. Here we go. What? Here's one, the newest mother. Well, just became a mummy. Is anyone here by that? Rachel? Hey, Rachel, are you watching? Give me a sign. <laughs> I would have to say Rachel, right? Do you need to be here? No.
next Sunday at 7, we're going to have our uh, quarterly church conference. And our church constitution requires that if we're making changes to our church constitution, that we make available copies of the proposed change that we will be voting on. I won't belabor that. I've got copies of the proposed change, which is one change, because we had three. The other two went away. But if you want to look at that, I have provided copies outside, not outside, but out there for you to look at. So that way you have a chance to look at what we're going to be voting on. And it's very short and sweet. No rocket science involved. So that's all I have. Thank you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you for the blessing of rain. Thank you for the blessing of mothers. Thank you for those of us who had godly mothers who raised us in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I pray for another generation of mothers who would do the same for their children. I pray we'd go forth today and honor our mother um, that she's still living. And I uh, pray you to keep us safe till we meet again next week. We ask this in Jesus' name.